Justy Yuecki Tyler just wants a cushy military desk job so he can live an easy life. His luck gets in the way, however, and soon he has more responsibility than he ever wanted. Will he answer the call or be as irresponsible as his carefree attitude? Is the irresponsible Captain Tyler the perfect series to introduce your friends to anime? Or should it be relegated to your own personal weeb watch list? I'm PJ. I'm Skylar. I'm Lauren. And this is Kawaii Disappointment. favorite new like album from last year for me it was probably midnight taylor swift have you guys listened Ooh. to that that's I, a good I choice n- i want it's on my list let me be clear but like i've fallen so far off the swifty bandwagon not because i dislike her but just because i haven't picked her back up like i haven't i haven't even listened to folklore like i'm that far back i didn't listen to folklore either but i did listen to midnight's just because it was the first time in history that it was only a female artist on the Billboard Top 10. It's very good. It's unlike anything else she's ever done, but I really enjoyed it. Like um, I've, I've heard that sexy baby song. The anti-hero <laughs> it's one. anti-hero. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is how you know, because that was even like uh, the song you chose last week. And I still was like, I don't know that one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. Hi. Yeah. And she has the whole sexy baby line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's anti-hero. But anyway, we talked T Swift. What was your guys' favorite album from last year? I would probably have to say, and I feel like I'm stealing this from PJ, but it was the Carly Rae Jepsen's newest album. Ooh. Loneliest Time is so fucking good. It's the perfect <laughs> song. There's never been a better song ever created, ever. Yeah, ever? in general, Carly Rae Jepsen's Loneliest Time is probably my favorite album of 2022. You know, I feel like everyone has their pop girly, and mine's is definitely Carly Rae Jepsen. We've talked about this before. And Loneliest Time literally came out, what, October? And Spotify Wrapped stops counting October 1st. Fun fact, if you want to curate your Wrapped, it stops counting October 31st. So from November 1st to to December 31st, Spotify International Waters, there are no laws. It's true. But it came out in October and it still became number three most played song of the year. I'm glad it resonated with you so much to make the list. Did you hear the song, Lauren? I don't think I have, not all the way through. Okay, you you need to listen to it. You'll listen to Loneliest Time. We'll do a bit of a music exchange. (laughs) But let's also do a bit of an anime exchange as we guide you through another anime. Hello and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, the show where two lifelong weebs, PJ and Skylar, guide their non-weeb friend, Lauren, through a new anime every week to determine if it's a kawaii success or a kawaii disappointment. This week we are continuing with our listener month where we are covering anime that have been recommended by our listeners and this month's theme is action comedy and we are going to continue through it with the anime The Irresponsible Captain Tyler which was recommended by Eerie and one other unnamed submitter. So thank you both for the recommendation. A lot (laughs) of our uh, recommendations are actually anonymous. Very few have a name attached to them but they matter just as much whether they have a name or not. So Eerie or Eerie apologies depending on how you want it pronounced and uh our unnamed submitter thank you for recommending us ca- uh, the irresponsible captain tyler as we continue here through action comedy month so lauren the irresponsible captain tyler tell mm-hmm. me what do you think that's going to be about i think that this character is a captain and i think that his, <laughs> and his, name, his is name is tyler <laughs> and he's a little bit irresponsible <laughs> um the irresponsible <laughs> part specifically reminded me of clinger from mash who is just doing everything that he can to get kicked out of the army. And so what he an is just, old person sentence. Thank you. <laughs> you have mash kind of energy. I just have old lady vibes. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but so this so, character. Anyway, this character, Captain Tyler, is purposefully doing a very bad job to try to leave his current mission and to go back home because he does not want to be here. But the comedy part is that he ends up actually always saving the day and like coming out on top and like doing the right thing. And so he keeps getting promoted and it's like the last thing he wants. You know what that reminds me of? Hmm. Have you ever seen that Pro ZD sketch that's the villain who accidentally keeps doing the right thing? Where he's like, I poisoned the water supply. And he's like, actually, because you did that, we realized there was a lot of lead in our pipes. And that because of that, we were able to get them fixed, but they should have been fixed a long time ago. And it was because we realized that the city officials in charge of it had been embezzling those funds. So now they're out. They're finally going to, you know, face justice. And our water systems actually greatly improved. So thank you. Like, it's a bunch of stuff like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
I don't think it's going to get that. Like, I don't think he's doing evil things. I think no, he's just I mean, like that same regard of like, exactly. you're trying to do wrong and, and it ultimately just, just do so much right. Yes. Steve Erkling on opposite day all over <laughs> it. Like, did I do that? Uh, fucking Steve Urkel. <laughs> well, what you saw the poster? Did your thoughts change? Uh, no, because, well, I mean a little because I didn't expect this was going to be in space, but it looks like we are. So we'll take the army vision that I had and we'll kind of make it more like a Star Trek vibe where they're exploring space. Mash in space. Mash in space. Thank you. The S stands for space. So Tyler really just wants to go back home to Earth and he does not want to be out here in space. And so he's trying to return home. I mean, he is to me the the person in the very front saluting because like look at that smile look at that salute. yeah he's that the one is, that looks irresponsible he yeah. looks irresponsible he, he looks, looks like, like a mash caster character. thank you yes he could absolutely go right into mash and no one would like bat an eye anyway that's your that's tyler the girl the lady behind him is his second in command and she is the most competent person that i think we've ever met she's definitely the most competent person in this anime and it's probably through some of her actions that tyler's irresponsibility backfires on him because she's probably like the one in the background saving the day or like doing the hard work that kind of thing so that conflict will come up to where she's doing a really good job he's doing a really bad job there's probably sexual context there too they're probably into each other and then the man in the background with a very official looking uniform i'm saying is tyler's boss and so he's the one that tyler's always going to being like oops i did this thing i have to go back home now right and he's like actually he's the (laughs) did i do that um and then his (laughs) boss is like yes you did and because you did look at all of this good that you did congratulations you're now uh whatever's higher than captain in this space admiral world admiral or like you know <laughs> not me using the wrong word <laughs> they'll start you know they'll start inventing positions for him because they don't have anything that goes as high as tyler eventually gets to like so that's the boss that's always promoting him and is always just like singing his praises that's that's what this anime is okay that's what i'm saying yeah i'm yeah, excited no, i love that concept i love that Ultimately, he might be irresponsible, but his irresponsibility is just that he doesn't want responsibility, but he just keeps getting more because he's he's just lucky. Yeah. And it's probably the girl doing most of the hard work. It always is. Why don't we take a quick break and watch episodes one and two of the irresponsible Captain Tyler? And we're going to be right back. So stay tuned, everyone. All right, we're back. We had Lauren watch episodes one and two of The Irresponsible Captain Tyler. Lauren and Skylar, this is also your first time watching it. Why don't you both tell me, what did you think? (laughs) It was was equally charming and problematic (laughs) for me, just because it hasn't aged super well. What parts about it were super problematic for you? Um, Even though she was an AI lady, he kept pursuing her, even though she kept saying no. And the only character, the only character who was called ugly was a person of color. So that for me was like kind of wild. But otherwise, it was funny. I enjoyed it otherwise. I thought it was very funny. Skylar, what about you? This should definitely be renamed the irresponsible Captain Skylar because I like related to this character so like deeply in my soul because uh, like this person, I do make choices based off satisfaction and pleasure and like what's probably going to be easiest, which is not great, but like I understand I am the irresponsible one in uh, mine and PJ's relationship. It's honestly <laughs> what I'm shocked. I'm a nightmare oh, person. Gosh. I'm just too much of a wild card. Well, wild card is a great way of describing Captain Tyler. But let's talk a little bit more about him as we go through some quick housekeeping before we dive fully into it, because clearly we all have a lot to say here. So, The Irresponsible Captain Tyler is based on the light novel series The Most Irresponsible Man in Space by Hitoshi Yoshioka that was on the imprint Fujimi Fantasia Bunko that released from January 1989 to January 1996 for nine volumes. There are also six spin-off side stories and several spin-off series. There's The Irresponsible Kids, The Irresponsible Quartet, The Irresponsible Three Kingdoms, The Irresponsible Apocalypse, The Irresponsible Three Musketeers, and The Irresponsible Admiral Tyler. 
There was also a manga spinoff, Love and War, which was written by Hitoshi Yoshioka uh, and released with Interbrain that ran from November 2001 to November 2002 for three volumes. And the final light novel spinoff, The True Irresponsible Captain Tyler, which was kind of a reprint of the whole series plus Love and War included in it. The anime was directed by Koichi Mashimo and done by Tatsunoko Productions for TV Tokyo and ran from January through July of 1993 for 26 episodes. There's also an OVA that was directed by Koichi Mashimo and Naoyuki Toshinaga that was done by Studio Daume and Studio Dean and ran from October 1994 to August 1996 for 10 episodes. And the Irresponsible Galaxy Tyler, a sequel series done by Hitoshi Kimura and Studio 7 that ran from July to September of 2017 for 12 episodes, along with an accompanying light novel that adapted the Irresponsible Galaxy Tyler. Though fans don't really mess with Galaxy Tyler too much. They don't really like it very much. So with that, let's quickly break down episodes one and two of the Irresponsible Captain Tyler. In episode one, 20-year-old Justy Ueki Tyler decides to join the United Planet Space Force, planning to get a cushy job and retire with a large pension. However, he is unaware that tensions are going between the UPSF and the Holy Ralgon Empire. After successfully seducing the AI training him, he accidentally crashes the system and accidentally warns them of an incoming attack by the Holy Ralgon Empire. Tyler lands himself a job in the pension department and decides to give a retired Admiral Hanner his pension in person. However, as he does, he finds himself unwittingly caught in a hostage situation between the UPSF and the Holy Ralgon Empire. He once again lucks his way through the situation and ends up saving everyone, gaining the admiration of the UPSF. And that's episodes one and two of the Irresponsible Captain Tyler. So quick like warning at the top uh, for my um, light sensitive friends. There are a lot of flashing. Um, yes. I mean, it's 80s anime, right? It made me a little nauseous. So just wanted to let you guys know. Very intense, like flashing lights that were very prevalent during this era. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, wow. I, I love this series. I actually had not really heard about it before it got recommended early, early, like early on in the process. This is one of like the first like 20 or so recommendations we ever got. I think by the unnamed submitter and then eventually Erie ended up giving it its second vote of confidence. But uh, yeah, I ended up watching it a little bit before, um, you know, after it got recommended because it sounded interesting and I, I really just... It's so delightful. It's kind of similar, but the opposite of what Lauren thought it was going to be. Yeah, yes. it's exactly <laughs> like the opposite. This anime is like, if you ever want to describe to someone what a high charisma score should play out like in a D&D campaign, just show them the irresponsible Captain Tyler. 100%. That's the truth. I like latched on so immediately, like after episode one, I was like, all right, he could be with Dasa and Captain Levi for me. And like, I was like, this fast? <laughs> Like, and I was like, oh, the AI wasn't fast. <laughs> okay. So the AI was like, <laughs> that was fucking like wild because the AI is very much like, I'm here to do my job. And he's like, I don't know. You'd be pretty cute without those glasses. And she's like, um, excuse me. I'm an AI. I don't have feelings. And then he takes off her glasses and he's like, see, you're Damn, like, he, she, he fully, she's all that's her. And then immediately she's like, oh, you, you think I'm attractive? And then he like makes her come. <laughs> like, let's yeah. be clear here. <laughs> that's what happens. Several times, like three times. Yeah, so successfully seduces an AI and then like foreplays this AI so good that when he's like, all right, I'm a bounce. She's like, I'm going to kill you and everyone here because if I can't have you, that's no fucked one up. can. <laughs> Oh my god, that was, was perfect. That was wild. <laughs> and I like that she's just like tearing everything down and everyone's like, oh no, we're getting invaded. And Tyler's just walking out of the station like that was the end of my test. Okay, thank you. <laughs> like he's got so much game that he made an AI like go dick crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not even, like, that much effort, either. Not it's even just that so... much effort. Like, again, this guy has, like, a plus 16 modifier to charisma and is constantly rolling nat 20s regardless. Because, <laughs> like, the entire show is just him doing that. Like, 
you know, when he first comes up and he's like, man, you should give me this job. And he's like, why on earth would we recruit you? And he's like, just think about it. If you recruit me, I'm just going to keep rising through the ranks. I'm eventually going to be someone super important. I'm going to be like, I owe this all to this guy right here. Like, and the guy's like, huh, okay. And I mean, even in the second episode, he he was like, did I pass? He's like, it doesn't matter. We're at war. We don't care about aptitude anymore. But even like in the second episode, when he's like doing like the, the war game against like the super important guy, and he's like, wow, look at you. You're so impressive and amazing. And like the women must love you. And he's like, wow, thank you. You're right. Like, oh my God. Yeah. I just can't get over like how intense the charisma score is here. Like when he's just like, I'm just going to walk into the hostage situation. And he's like, here you go. Like, here's your pension check. Kind of like that thing where like, if you do anything with purpose and and like, even if it's fucking stupid, yeah, in confidence, like no one's going to stop you. Yeah. Even the general was like, oh, he he must be like a spy or something to infiltrate this. No one would be that stupid. Well, Tyler (laughs) Tyler would be that stupid. (laughs) That's where we're late, baby. I keep getting lucky. <laughs> but you know it's but it's like he's not even stupid stupid i he like legitimately is thinking about the situation like again he's just charisma incarnate it's not even like he's like you know like mr magooing his way through the world it's he's not just happening through these things he <laughs> is choosing the paths he's on because like if like he had done some of the things could have been played up in very gag ways, like when he annoys a star so that she hits him. But he, it could have been like he just annoys her and then he ducks out of the way and then it hits the kidnapper. But instead, he, it's, it's very purposeful. Like he does it on purpose to get his like, you know, get him to not know that it's coming. Like he's very smart about how he uses his charisma. Right. Mm-hmm. I love when he gives him the gun back. <laughs> And that was also like very purposeful because like got the guns away from him, him. and then he was like he he literally has like a light bulb moment, and then he's like I'm gonna give this back to him. Yeah, it always works out, but you know he knows it's gonna work out. And I mean, who wouldn't join the army because you get free food and have pension? This is the thing that that we that I I talk about a lot, which is that the American society loves to, or you know, intense capitalists love to shit on socialism, but the military is an ideal socialist society. You know, the people in the military get a a comparable salary to each other based on rank. They live in military housing with military accommodation with military stores. There are these built communities that are built to support. Everything is cheaper. Um, They are provided housing. They live in these communities with each other where they are where they are meant to like support each other, live off of their shared wage. Nothing's supposed to be able to be outside of their wage range. Um, They have full benefits, medical, everything, school, training, everything is provided for them in this society. It's super socialist. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. So bring that to your holiday dinners next time. <laughs> and you can even continue it with the fact that America loves, 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 loves to be like, we appreciate our armed forces and our troops, but then leaves them to wallow. Because once you leave that socialist society, there's no further support outside of the GI Bill mm-hmm. to like really keep you afloat. If you're lucky, you can kind of make it work. But if you have PTSD, injuries, anything, it's so much harder for mm-hmm. a, a, a military veteran to continue on with life. And they are kind of left to flounder on their own, very much like in this. You know, one of the things that they essentially are going to do is like, we're going to keep you hostage and show the public that even their most decorated war hero is left to just wallow on their measly pension, mm-hmm. which is very fucking real. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, it doesn't even seem that he was like consistently receiving it either. Cause like he said that like, oh, if I had just died in space, you guys would be able to comfortably live off my pension. Well, yeah, because there's, I mean, at that point you get like, you know, survivor benefits, life insurance, you get their pension and you don't have to keep them afloat. Like mm-hmm. you still get pension, but now you don't have to worry about their medical expenses, all this stuff. Like, you know, a lot of people at war, there's a lot of people who do want to die in battle because it will set up their family forever. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and then that's another thing about the military in general. It's so exploitive of people of color and poverty because, I mean, that's why you have like recruiters set up like in high schools that are like of less privilege, you know, communities and stuff, because like it's free labor. When they propagate off of the idea that this is the only way you're going to make it right, uh, because the military gives you training, could guarantee you a trade job. It, it pays for your schooling. 
could guarantee you a job outside of here. And how else are you going to do that, right? You're in an inner city youth. How else are you going to make it without going into the military? You're not smart enough. If you were, you wouldn't sign up for this, right? And you can't dance. And you can't dance. You can't play football. You can't play basketball. (laughs) Whatever it is, right? They they very much uh, have that that messaging and that mentality going into it. And they even have that again in here covered when he's like, we, we demand that you stop recruiting from the general public. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very poignant for such a funny and goofy charisma anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it very much rings true to some of the darker parts of society. And to continue kind of that like seriousness conversation, the way that we essentially get the orcish looking kidnapper out of kidnap mode is by Captain Tyler breaking down toxic toxic masculinity. Like he basically <laughs> is like, let's talk about it. You are a person with worth regardless of what people how see ugly how you, you are. know regardless of the perception people have of you, you have worth. You have you matter and you have a passion and a and a fire and uh thoughts and feelings and you're allowed to feel those feelings. And like he literally just like makes him feel seen. But the problem again with toxic masculinity is then he's like I'll never feel this scene again. So let's all fucking die together. We're all going. <laughs> but oh like, again, it, he very poignantly tackles toxic masculinity in that speech. At the podcast, My Favorite Murder has one of my favorite quotes in life, which is, once again, toxic masculinity ruins the party. And this is very much that. Yeah. For being such a funny, just like joke, this anime was very poignant. Yeah, and so seamlessly. Like, it wasn't like, all right, we're in funny mode. All right, we're in serious mode. Like, it was just all bending and weaving together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And ultimately, even the serious stuff is kind of just like a prop for Tyler to play with. You know, mm-hmm. but it it works. It it never feels like they're forcing a message down your throat, and also never feels like they're like parodying a message either. It's true. Right. Yeah, yeah. Tyler is just himself, and he's again. He just wants to have a good time. Like when he sees the the hot twins, he's just like, hey. But he doesn't even. He stops caring about them the second that Utico is like a little like annoyed looking at him. He's like, that's the one I want. That's it. <laughs> like I want the one that looks like she wants nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait to see them kiss talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, we both went different areas. No, because I I think they're going to have like a cute like will they won't they back and forth. But I also yeah. think he might have something with the Empress. I do feel I think he's the vibes something... here with the Empress. Yeah, he's going to have something with everyone. <laughs> and I think Yuriko is actually going to get jealous. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Obviously, I've only seen the two first episodes. <laughs> I haven't seen much um, more. I've seen like the first like half of this of the series okay so there's still like the back half i haven't seen much of right but what i was gonna say is you know he sees them and he kind of plays around with it but they're like literally the kidnappers are like pointing the gun gun at him and he's like i don't really have time for this and kind of just starts walking away and they're like not even questioning it he turns back around (laughs) when he sees them and then they point the gun at him again and he just kind of like puts the barrel down and then walks towards them like he literally gives so so little fucks about what's going on outside of his own perspective of what he cares about mm-hmm. uh do something with enough confidence people are just like okay i guess he is supposed to just leave come into a hostage situation and then leave konnichiwa my fellow weebs if things sound a little off here we did record this episode on the tail end of me being sick which is why i both sound so gruff and debonair and why this episode is ever so slightly delayed In any case, we shouldn't have to deal with raspy PJ for too much longer. We hope you're enjoying this first listener recommended month, and while January's lineup is locked in, that doesn't mean there's not room for your recommendation in future months. If you have an anime you'd like us to cover, the recommendation form can be found on our website or Beacons page, which can both be found in the show notes. If you're craving more kawaii disappointment, then check out our Patreon. Hours and hours of bonus content are available immediately for just $3 a month, and more is always on the way along with exclusive polls, Q&As, and goodies at our higher tiers. January is sure to have some great content, like our reduced redo of Haikyuu, our Winter 2023 Kawaii Desu Season Preview, where Skylar and Lauren give rapid-fire predictions of all the new anime coming this season, and more. Find us on Patreon by searching for Kawaii Disappointment or by going to patreon.com slash kawaiidesupod. A special shout out to our wonderful patrons, starting off with our eternal Desu patron, our $8 tier, 
the truly incomparable Alex J. They're not alone though as we have our amazing Super Desu patrons, our $5 tier, Nene Killua, Magic Girl Girl Charlotte, Rebel in an Isekai, and Jellums. And our Kawaii Desu patrons, our $3 tier, Eliza L, Albany G, Aubrey Z, and Nymphomercial. You're all pretty Kawaii Desu in my book. If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, you could shop at Right Stuff, which has a huge collection of anime, manga, and figures, or get yourself a super cute monthly Japanese box from So Kawaii. And if you use our affiliate links, a portion of your purchase kicks back to us. You can find those affiliate links on our websites or Beacons page, which can both be found in the show notes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at KawaiiDesuPod, or go to KawaiiDesuPod.com for links to those socials as well as all of our episodes. That's K-A-W-A-I-I-D-E-S-U-P-O. Com. Spread the word about us, and if you feel so inclined, leave a review on iTunes, rate us five stars on Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. It really does help. We will see you all again next week as we continue through Action Comedy Month with Space Dandy. Now, back to the podcast. Also talk about how effortlessly, while with the more, uh, I guess, conventionally unattractive of the kidnappers, he's like he has to play a lot much longer game with the hot kidnapper. All he has Easy. to do is immediately be like, "Wow, you should be in movies," and he's like, "Oh." And then like the the two twin girls fucking kill it here, where they're like, "You're so fucking beautiful," and then and then he's like, "Shouldn't we give you the gun?" If someone's going to kill you, it should be the hot one, right? And they're like, oh my God, I would. And this is, this this was, you know, we talk about this mentality being such an internet only thing. Like, oh, like, oh, choke me, daddy. Like, oh my God, I want him to step on me. Like people say that that's like a very like, oh, chronically online way of viewing sexuality. Clearly Captain Tyler breaking barriers by showing that this has been here forever. When they're like, <laughs> yeah, he's so hot. I want him to kill me. I want his slender hands, his slender fingers choking the life out of me, daddy. <laughs> and then they put makeup on him and he's like i see the beauty of cosmetics now i, I love it. it there's this whole scene is so funny and it's like so long it's like the majority of the episode but like it doesn't feel like it you know he he was very handsome not as handsome as captain tyler but whatever <laughs> captain tyler with his fucking muppet mouth i love it he looks so goofy and aloof and Great. Um, I don't know if you guys did. I definitely did like a double take at the screen when they said Space Force. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. I mean, Space Force is like the de facto like sci-fi name for any like semi like American mil- space military. And yeah. that's why when Trump did it, everyone was like, really? You couldn't think for more than two seconds about this? I remember all the memes were like, did he like literally not think about this at all? Never. I don't know if he can think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the cocaine melted his brain. That's my favorite system of a dance song. <laughs> but I mean, to kind of talk about some of the points that Lauren brought up, um, there are definitely still some problematic aspects of the time, right? It's played up for laughs that he like gets the AI to like loosen up. But like, if someone is like, please leave me alone. I'm trying to do my job. Just listen to them right then and there. Let them. (laughs) Whether you're positive in your heart of hearts that eventually they will get to the same place that this AI did, let that be their choice. Gotta let it organically happen. Yeah. But obviously, like, this uh, this is a time where broads were broads and fellas were fellas. Like, (laughs) I say that like this was forever ago. But ultimately, realistically, the conversation about, like, sexual harassment, consent, and everything really didn't get serious until, like, the late 2000s. Like, it was really late in the game that we started being like, maybe we shouldn't be terrible to women. And even then, it's still only, like, 20% of men that were like, I guess. (laughs) If I have to. If I have to. Uh... So, you know, this is still knee-deep in, uh, in... in the misogyny uh, of the of the time. Well, especially based off her response to, like, her response is to kill everyone. Well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you get, like, the very, like, intense, crazy, scorned woman. But I will say, I will at least give them the minorest of credit points, because I think a lesser anime would have had him just poke her and be a 
annoying to her and eventually still kind of get that AI cum moment. <laughs> the AI orgasm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While with her being against it the whole time, being like, no, stop, please, no. And played it up for like very like kinky laughs. Because mm-hmm. I have seen that in things before. Yeah. But they're mm-hmm. like, no, stop. But it's like very like, uh, no, stop. But that's so freaky. At least in this, like... <laughs> He was just kind of bugging her, and then she was like, okay, I guess you can play with me. And then he went into it. So that's at least some points. He at least, like, waited to have the sex stuff until the consent was given. Yeah. That's That's progressive for the time. (laughs) For the time, yes, definitely. That's real sad. That is a low bar. Yep. And unfortunately, he passed it, so... You think the bar can't get any lower, and then you see all those limbo trophies on the wall. <laughs> God. Um, and then you know, to to Lauren's point, like the only character we see in this with any ethnic, you know, proportions or features at all is the ugly one. Mm-hmm. Drawn very ugly too. I was like, that's not good. Yeah, the little like pig nose. Yeah, and, yeah. and then they made fun of him for it for like a very long time. I was very uncomfortable. Uh, they never, they never give up on the ugly thing. The ugly thing isn't like a thing to set him off like you know like or anything like that even in the like positives when they're like getting him getting him to feel and break through that toxic masculinity barrier they're like so what if you're ugly it's okay what does it matter you know like yeah they Mm -hmm. never give up on him being ugly and it is you know he is the only non yeah you know only non-white character well Well, japanese or white like you know the japanese media tends to also so romanticize the appearance of of caucasian characters eurocentric Mm -hmm. characters Mm -hmm. um japanese this is a this is a bit of a meme but it's true a lot of japanese women find white men irresistible and i do not understand it wow i mean a the amount of uh beautiful japanese women with like the most basic white men on earth is a lot too many uh so many (laughs) and it's not to say that race has to be a part of it but it's like the the standards are just so different and it it comes from a romanticization on both parts a lot of white men romanticize and fetishize asian women and uh a lot of asian women do romanticize and fetishize white men so it just kind of ends up working Mm -hmm. out at the same time it's outside of those two feature sets the japanese do tend to be very problematic about the way they view um you know bigger lips or bigger noses or Mm -hmm. darker skin tones you know like it is a problem and the fact that the character that is the ugly one is the one with bigger lips and a bigger nose and a whiter face and darker skin Mm -hmm. it was uncomfy (sighs) but i mean it's not you didn't do anything skylar actually wrote that episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm so sorry i see now i was literally a lot (laughs) (laughs) oh i didn't know enough about the world uh, apparently enough about space, but no, and it doesn't help that like the person that they are like, wow, he's the most gorgeous is the most like tall, basic, like Swedish looking person. He looks like, like a fucking Sailor Moon villain. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is like some fucking like, Jedi. this dude is like, I was going to say soy side or some shit. Yeah. That's how like needlessly tall, white, skinny and pretty he is. <laughs> <laughs> You know, ultimately, though, again, it is a very much a product of its time and of the culture. We've talked a lot about how Japanese society, not the best with race. And that is kind of something you deal with a lot in watching anime because, like, they don't care. That's that's their cultural, like, impression of it. Not to say that everyone is like that. You do have some great cultural representations in anime. But uh, it's it's kind of like, whereas in America, sometimes it's generational and cultural. In Japan, it's it's not seen as a problem yet. They haven't gotten mm. to that point of their, of their relationship their with race. social awakening. Yeah. Right. Okay. And again, not all Japanese people, not even all people in Japan, but it happens. It does happen. And it did happen here. But Tyler's still very charming. I love characters like this. I love the 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 scamp 
that can get away with anything. It's a fun trope for me. That's why Ferris Bueller's The Office is one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. This character is actually even based on like an old Japanese movie. There's this uh, movie in 1962 called Japan's Irresponsible Age. And the main character is this character named Hitoshi Taira. And that's who Tyler is based off of. That's why it's Tyler, because Hitoshi Taira. Oh. And uh, he the, the movie is basically about this salary man who just kind of lucks his way into promotions. Like, he just keeps, like, getting promoted <laughs> and becoming more and more important just by kind of goofing off and, like, not doing shit, but, like, having it kind of charisma his way into it. And when Hitoshi Yoshioka saw that movie, he was like, I fucking love this. I want to make a whole thing about this. And that's how we got the Irresponsible Captain Tyler. I love fun. it. I love the that. thing I, I love about this podcast is, like, there's just so, so, so much anime and so often this just brings things into my life that I would have never watched ever. Mm-hmm. And now I now I get this thing with this person that I <laughs> I've added to my like lust characters. And yeah, it's so great. Thank you guys for like suggesting this. This is literally so fun. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely had a kick with this. It's so funny. It's so fun. And obviously me having seen more of the show, the characters, the character slate is very fun. The space battles yeah. are so well animated. We haven't even talked about the Empire. Oh, I mean, in ju- oh we my God. super have it. You're right. Oh, my God. The whole thing with the Empire is so really well done political intrigue. Yes. Yes. It like was so young well done. Empress with like the shady vizier trying to mold her in intentions. Very well done. Oh, God. The backgrounds of everything is so gorgeous. It's like this really delicate, like watercolor, very ethereal. And the music, anytime we see like the empire is very like almost like uh, not Middle Eastern, but like it's just it's so separate and it just feels like a completely different show. And like it really makes you feel like you are a part of their empire and their culture and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful distinction, especially compared to like uh, the kind of the depressing like future uh, cities that like Tyler comes from like. That contrast is, it, it's for an anime that is old, you know, you could tell like style wise, mm-hmm. it's still like beautifully drawn and stylistically, like it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I completely mean, agree. Uh, it plays so well into the like space opera kind of vibe that we have going on here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right. The Ralgon Empire, you know, is very, not primitive, but it's got clearly a lot more spiritual, a little bit more naturalistic design. And I mean, their their costume design is definitely a little bit more like, I guess, like a, a perception of Middle Eastern, right? There's a lot of like turbans and uh, scimitars mm-hmm. and jewels and viziers and chiffon you know, and stuff like that. But ultimately, they're still just as technologically advanced and more and a big threat to the UPSF, right? They're not they're not played at that a at that angle to make them less than because you know you even have the moment where they're like yeah we could beat them if we could beat them in a year we'll win but if we don't their production 100 outpaces ours and they will fuck us hard and i don't think we can yeah. beat them in a year you know and i also like to kind of jump back in the like recruitment ad that justy i'm gonna call him justy because i like that his name's justy uh, that justy <laughs> watches they're like protect the green fields of home while they're in this like metal hellscape wasteland you know this yes. like cyberpunk dystopia and that's so uh, again i don't want to be like fuck the military industrial complex like i always am <laughs> but but seriously yeah they sell you on protecting an ideal that doesn't exist in real life and in this anime yeah no and it was very very well done without being overhanded you know it wasn't super obvious but you were like oh yikes meanwhile you know the Ralgon empire is this beautiful oasis you know they live in they have these very beautiful locations and it's very grandiose and big and everything in the upsf world is so small and tight and gray and dark compacted and yeah yeah again so much poignant storytelling around this this fucking uh, charisma magoo (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean because even look at the difference in their weapons and like uh spaceships i guess because like uh the empire spaceships look so much more like organic and something that's like living and existing and breathing rather than just like cold metal 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just love uh, the different perceptions, right? Rue or Dom or whatever we want to call him. Rue Barabadan, which is uh, the, the, the captain of the Raugans, uh that we see the most, is very like empathetic and he feels a lot and he um, is very curious and he has a lot of like thoughts about how things should be done. And he's very candid and open with Azalin about kind of the situation they're in. Meanwhile, you have like the commanders for the UPSF who are just at odds all the time and hate each other, have very different perspectives about how they should do things. Like when they're arguing where one's like, we need to take care of this quickly and quietly so that no civilians are hurt. And and the other one's like, no, fucking kill the civilians, take everyone out with them. We just need to get the situation handled. Yeah. And it sends a message. Yeah. And it's so these intense dichotomies of like imperialism versus like a society just trying to survive, you know? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Very well done. But also, again, cannot stress enough, just a fun, silly, goofy time. We're just very reading into everything. (laughs) This show (laughs) very masterfully builds a world. Very masterfully builds a world. The fact that we can, you can watch this show and just be like, ha ha ha, silly, dumb, goofy. But then like watch it again and be like, well, this this is a very poignant conversation on the military industrial complex's uh, exploitation of the working class. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so well done. So well done. God, I I really enjoyed this. This is really fun. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I loved it a lot. And I especially loved the music for the Irresponsible Captain Tyler. Oh my God. So the music is done by Kenji Kawaii, who uh, is still making anime music to this day, uh, most notably for Mob Psycho 100 and for Lauren's favorite, Higurashi When They Cry. How dare you? (laughs) KFC, how dare you? But does an amazing job. Like there's always really good music going on in this show. Always, 100% mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah, I love the the more lighthearted, goofy music you have whenever Tyler's just doing anything. Just doing Tyler shit. Just doing Tyler shit. And then you have the more sweeping <laughs> soundtrack movie scores for like the the wars and like the oh. political intrigue. It was amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, so well done. Kenji Kawaii does a phenomenal job with this. Just in general, a legend in the, you know, the anime music space, but really, really brings his A game here for Captain Tyler. Again, yeah. Every aspect has its own personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's talk about that OP and our ED. So our OP is Just Think of Tomorrow by Mari Sasaki. Lauren, what did you think of that OP? I thought this was absolutely incredible. I loved the pop singer superimposed over the other visuals. Okay. That was impeccable. The li- the weird live action-y <laughs> like, superimpositions in this OP are I, so fucking funny to me. I loved it. I loved every single second of it. I was like, what aha-ass moment are we getting here? What is this? But also keep bringing me more because like, yeah, no, oh this is, God. again, this is, you know, I said it in our opening kind of like banter that the first few years of a decade are basically the previous decade. And this is right. peak that because this came out in 93, but this is 80s as fuck. This yeah, it's 80s the most hell. 80s thing I've ever fucking listened to. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, I wanted absolutely to keep listening. love it. God, I loved it so much. It was, it was so funny. I loved the live action projections over the animation. It was so familiar. Like, it was such a familiar sound and just vibe all around. It was phenomenal. So fun. I loved it. 10 out of 10. Would highly mm-hmm. recommend. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Let's see if we can keep that going with that ED, which is Downtown Dance, also by Mari Sasaki. Ah, that's a 
Lauren, what did you think of that outro? I really did love this song. The beginning was a little weird with like, the girls giggling and laughing. And, like, <laughs> and the end with the girls and, giggling and, and laughing. And, and the end with the girls giggling and laughing and like the really very slow haunting. pan of like this naked lady. But anyway, um, the visuals were like, they were whatever for me, but the song was amazing. I thought the song was fantastic. God, yeah. No, uh, 100%. I liked the ending more than I liked the, the OP. Mm. It was really fun. I like the weirdly, uh, <laughs> very differently styled naked woman. Well, in like, it. for me, it almost <laughs> read, and I don't know, maybe I'm reading too into that in that but it read like like a like a like an ad in a magazine it was it was an ad because if you they were at like a bar right and then it pans up this ad and then you go back to the bar that ad is on the wall in the background exactly so for me what mm-hmm. this kind of again not to be like well Poignant, what, the, like- what the author meant by making the dress blue <laughs> was to signify sadness um no but like what I read this outro as is this is the life and the bill of goods that is being sold to Tyler. The thing that he thinks his life could be. And focusing so much on the ad is to show like this is a th- a falsity. This is the fake life that he thinks he should lead. Just like that ad is a fake life of what they are selling you will happen by enjoying their drink or whatever, you know? And that's why the giggles are haunting. <laughs> exactly. They're laughing at you for believing it. Yeah. Suckers. <laughs> You're like, Suckers. you poor. In this essay, I will break down how the irresponsible Captain Tyler is actually the most progressive form of anti-capitalist media ever produced by the Japanese Empire. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. I found a peer-reviewed version. <laughs> That said, it's so fun. It's so good. I love this song. This outro is so uh, just chill vibes. We love it. We love it. Old school R&B, like 80s R&B, like fun white girl R&B. Let me be clear. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's a good time. But let's keep talking about that good time. As we move on to our segment, what modern contemporary artist do you think would have done a good job with these anime intros and outros? What do you pick for Just Think of Tomorrow? I had so many 80s queens to choose from and it was really just about which one I thought fit the vibe the best. Ultimately I landed on Olivia Newton-John her song Twist of Fate Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a perfect answer. I feel like we're all going to pick very similar songs and artists. Huh, weird. Uh, but no, that's very good. It definitely feels very much like the like high, like the, the part where like the spaceships are flying, like it captures mm-hmm. that same vibe and energy. There's a lot of songs mm-hmm. you can pick that don't capture any of the vibes for this anime, but this does. Yay. Um, yeah. It, the, that definitely wasn't me. I, I definitely captured the vibe. Oh. <laughs> Skylar, <laughs> oh. stop being so disrespectful to your choice. Lauren, that was very good. Skylar, what did you pick? It was perfect, honestly. You're my vote for winning. Yeah, it's very good. So far. Yeah, no, it's definitely better than mine. Uh, oh I think it's better than mine, too. I, I like mine. I feel like it doesn't capture the vibes as perfectly. Uh, there's just so many options. And I think... I think just uh, the essence of the song reminds me of the character, and that's kind of where I like falter this a little isn't bit. This is an AMV, Skylar. <laughs> <laughs> I know, uh, but I went with "Let's Hear It for the Boy" by Denise Williams from Ooh. the original Ooh. soundtrack of Footloose. I don't think it's bad. No, I don't either, Skylar. I don't think, I think it's this bad is a either. Good choice. I just think Lauren has a better choice. The the song's a little slower, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and the pitch is a little higher. Uh, but yeah. um, not by much. It's it's a very good choice. No, again, yeah, no. I think she... if, as long as you don't go fully out of range in the in the eighties, uh, girl pop, you'll be fine. I think you got it. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. And I was just like, I could see him dancing through the town of Footloose. <laughs> Absolutely. So I am very confident about my outro, not my intro. Uh, oh, <laughs> I went with one or the other by Paula Abdul. I like it. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's a great. Great. One. Yeah. yeah, I think the instruments 
go well. I think yes. the song itself, like the vocals and everything, are okay. I think the instruments are a fairly yeah. good match. I, I completely agree. agree. Yeah, no, when it, the instruments were playing, I was like, is this the same? <laughs> yeah, that's actually what got me out, because I was like, oh, you know what? The instruments are really good. I'm just going to go with this. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you did. Yay, I'm glad. Well, let's me move too. on to that outro. All right, Lauren, why don't you tell me who you went with for Downtown Dance? I had the same problem with this one as the intro. I just had so many people to choose from. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming. I know. There were just so many choices. Um, at the end of the day, I ended up going with Irene Cara. What a feeling. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I love it. I think, I think you fell into the same thing that I did, uh, which was like the songs we chose are a little bit faster than than the yeah, actual Yeah, Downtown one. Dance, ironically enough, is not very dancey, and this is very dancey. This is very yeah. dancey. Yes, absolutely. Well, flash dance, so yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> it's very <Yeah>. flash dancey. <laughs> not to be confused with Hugh Dancy. No, no, Jeez. no, please don't. Uh, but Skylar, who'd you go with? It feels like, it seems like you feel like you want a similar vibe. So it's so funny. The, the way I like timestamp things is by taking screenshots and stuff. And so I'll like cycle through things, screenshot, and then revisit later. And um, I did a Bananarama song and then like uh, I, I countered another one and I was just like, damn, I have to choose between the two. Nope. I fucking screenshot the same fucking song with different <laughs> album art. <laughs> And the problem there, I know there's two vocalists, uh, but it's more so like the music, and it is a little bit faster, like Lauren's. But I went with "I Heard a Rumor" by Banana Rama. That's very good. Mm-hmm. That's really Thank you. good. Yeah, it definitely has a little bit more of that mellowness that Agreed. Uh, mm-hmm. Downtown Dance does. Uh, yeah, while still not having too, too the punchy. like energy and the vibe, um, yes. still definitely a little dancier. But like, I mean, again, yeah. I mean, they're all dancey ultimately. I think I hit the voice mark a little bit more than I did with the OP. The voice is great. Yeah, I, agree. I was also yeah, looking at Bananarama. Close. I just couldn't find a song I liked. I just I never got to. I heard a rumor. So like, I think if I had, I probably <laughs> would have landed there. I got to do it there. twice. <laughs> <laughs> I stole it from you. All right. Well, I ended up going again. The vibes are all there. I ended up going with Out of the Blue by Debbie Gibson. I think this is a perfect answer. Yeah, I see why you were so confident. <laughs> yeah, because I, I found one song in the 80s that wasn't fully dancing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this I found it. it. It's there. The needle in the haystack. I... <laughs> was trying to remember Debbie Gibson because I had this album art stuck in my head. I was like, that's a good jumping off point and I could not remember it. So as soon as he said it, I like grit my broken teeth. I was just like, God damn it. He did it. He figured it out. That son of a bitch did it again. (laughs) No, Debbie Gibson is like the perfect answer for a lot of like dance music. And I really do need to write a reference list to refer back on to. Honestly, there are times where I hear songs, like English songs, and I'm like, I should remember this for like, this is like, this this has a vibe that it'll eventually come up for a modern contemporary artist, and I never remember to do anything with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 100%. all good choices. Literally all six of these songs could be on the same playlist. <laughs> so, Absolutely. I think they uh, all are. Yeah, they all are. I mean, yeah, we're probably on the same playlist. Fucking maybe, honestly. <laughs> but good choices all around. And that is where we are going to end our music segment as we take a quick break to watch some additional clips, some additional context, and get Lauren's closing thoughts on the irresponsible Captain Tyler. So we're going to do that and we'll be right back. So stay tuned. Right, we're back. We had Lauren watch some additional clips, some additional context, some additional funny Captain Tyler moments, everyone being shocked about Captain Tyler moments, and the charisma just being off the charts. But Lauren, tell me, obviously the show, uh, we've talked about it having layers, but maybe you don't see those layers as much as like my uh, peer-reviewed essay does. <laughs> and maybe those layers are too much, or maybe you just think it's a little too silly, a little too goofy, and maybe a little bit too played by the problems of its time. Regardless, we won't know until we ask you 
you the question, Lauren, would you keep watching the irresponsible Captain Tyler? Even though this is definitely a product of its time, and um, a few of the things have not aged well, it doesn't take away from how fun it is to just watch Tyler get into these situations and just bullshit his way through. I really enjoy him. I know he's the protagonist, but I think, I mean, it has to be him. He's my favorite character. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick anyone but Captain Tyler. It has to be. Well, we all know who Skylar's favorite is. (laughs) It is Eureka. No, it's it's Captain Tyler. Yeah, he's the best, completely. Yeah, and so because of him and just how... You know, he wins everyone else over the anime and he ultimately won me over too. So yes, I would continue to watch the irresponsible Captain Tyler. Woo! Yeah, absolutely love to see Skylar. I'm assuming you are in the same boat. Yes. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I she was has in, queued up. I was She's in Choo Choo. We're all in the same boat. No. <laughs> That's a sound a train makes, not a ship. No, this was so fun. And, you know, you have shows about like Gundams and Space Wars and all this stuff. And out of all of them, this is the one I've liked the most, um, with the exception of, you know, like Darling in the Franks. But like, I just like how silly this is while still being so, you know, serious. It's just, yeah. it's all masked. Agree. No, I completely agree. Absolutely love, love, love this show. But would everyone love this show? Would you recommend The Irresponsible Captain Tyler to someone looking to start their anime journey? You know, I think I would. I think it is silly enough that it, and it never takes itself too seriously that I, I think it would be a fun time for someone. Yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I think um, this is like on par with like like the classic 80s comedies, right? Like, especially, you know, with like having some problematic aspects, but if you can look past them, like it's fine. Like if you would recommend Ferris Bueller's Day Off or like Revenge of the Nerds or anything like that to someone, you could easily recommend Irresponsible Captain Tyler to them too. Oh yeah. Agreed. Definitely. Uh, the scenario that I see is like, you're at a party and someone just has this on the TV and you're like, what is this fucking cartoon? And then you just like are watching it. You just and then, backhand them. And then, no, no, no. And like, they're just like, mm, fucking cartoon. And then like, they sit on the couch and then they're like, whole fucking life is redefined as like becoming an anime nerd because of this <laughs> yeah no it's phenomenal i can easily see someone falling for it because it's hard not to they do a good job i hate when a show um has a character that you're supposed to love that you just do not they do a great job of making you know tyler as easy to fall for as he is in the show yeah absolutely no but, yeah, that's a perfect way to put it pj but yeah because of that that is a kawaii success a kawaii does you thumbs up do recommend seems like there's only one question left to ask and that question is is there an mv for that AMV, anime music videos. Is there an AMV for that? all right lord so this anime is older which is always a tricky place to be because you know that either means there's a lot of AMVs or not many at all right so that is where i'm going to task you and skylar with the question of uh, figuring out what AMVs there could be for this so lauren why don't you give me your song and artist for the irresponsible captain tyler i went for a banger from the 90s hoping that (laughs) it'll get picked um i ended up picking all star by smash mouth can i say i don't even actually need to look this up because in looking for clips it came up so much but i'm gonna look it up because yeah it is what? it is there lord there are so many so many AMVs for all-star for irresponsible captain tyler oh that's three God. points in the book for you <laughs> thank you all right skylar why don't you give it a go see if you can match those three points um i'm definitely gonna get zero but like i just but you couldn't... gotta listen to your heart yeah listen to your heart no, calling for not, you yeah not Roxette. I went with uh, Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> I want I this to exist. I don't think it will, but uh, I don't get any real points, so might as well. None of them are real points, babe. We do nothing with these. Yeah, I mean, but like, I, you know, Lauren at least will get like three points and I get three ghost points. Skylar, unfortunately, you are correct. There are no AMVs for Let's Get Physical to the irresponsible Captain Tyler, but that does not mean there shouldn't be, because uh, go ahead and get on that, everyone. Honestly, honestly. Go ahead and get on that. <laughs> right now. But with that, that is still three points in the book for Lauren, but Lauren, maybe it'll be four. Because Lauren, <laughs> do you think that there is the slightest 
possible chance that the irresponsible Captain Tyler might have an AMV to Evanescence Bring Me to Life. All right, Lauren, your Evanescence failed you last week to kick off 2023. Perhaps it's a bad omen. Perhaps you were just getting the shakes out early. We won't know until we get your opinion. I mean, there's so many factors. No, 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 there's not. No, (laughs) that's my final answer. No, I said no. And then instantly was like, you fool. And then was like, it's too late. It's already out there. (laughs) No, you fool. You were right. Of course. No, no, no. Of course, there's no, there's no AMV. For Evanescence bring me to life for the Irresponsible Captain Tyler. That would make no sense at all. And uh, because of that, that is four points in the book for you, Lauren. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Maybe the Evanescence is going to be spotty this year. <laughs> or you're just getting the shakes out early. We'll never or... know until it happens. Uh, stay tuned every week to know how it goes. <laughs> but oh with that, we have a Kawhi success, a Kawhi Desu thumbs up, four points in the book, and another successful journey through a listener recommended anime. Once again, thank you to Eerie and our one other unnamed submitter for recommending uh, the Irresponsible Captain Tyler to us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, truly. A lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was a great time, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. But more importantly, I hope our listeners enjoyed it. Hope they had a good time, a fun time, a nat 20 charisma check with a plus 16 modifier time. Hey, did I do that time? <laughs> I like you couldn't even commit to it. You were like, did, did I, I do, do that? that? Like, you just did like, I like, do did I do that, that? Did I do that? Did I do that time? <laughs> <laughs> and a psychoanalyze your hostage taker and he might decide that he can't live with himself anymore time toxic <laughs> masculinity time but until <laughs> next time we hope your weight isn't a kawaii disappointment i've been pj i've been skylar i've been lauren and if you find that you for the first time feel seen loved and appreciated at some point whether it's from someone you love someone you hate or whatever don't end it all just uh enjoy that and move on with yeah. happiness in your life Possibly that's when you start living uh but with that psa uh bye everyone bye